social issues, coffee flavored, current events, culture, tad bits of poetry, new hobbies. Those are only some of the thoughts that frequent my mind. If you are like me who is kept awake by these various thoughts at wee hours, this is the channel for you. Welcome to 3am and coffee, this is Tijane, and I will always be glad to have effective conversation with you. Hi, welcome to another episode of 3am and coffee. This is yours truly, Tijane Palmiano. For this season, I am collaborating with A Loaf of Bread channel to share our reflections as we follow the Bible in a Year podcast hosted by Father Mike Schmitz. On this episode, I will be covering the Bible in a Year podcast episodes 24 to 27. And so, I highly encourage that you listen to those episodes first or kindly grab your own Bible and read the books of Genesis chapters 45 to 50, Job chapters 37 to 42, Proverbs chapter 4 verses 20 to 27, Sam chapters 16 to 17, Sam chapter 44, Exodus chapters 1 to 2, and Leviticus chapter 1. I know, I know, I know, we have a lot of episodes, a lot of books and chapters to talk about. Hopefully, I'll be able to share to you as much as I have written. <laughs> I have a lot of notes in here. Hopefully, I'd be confident enough to share these to you guys. So let us get through this. And I am hoping that at this point, you already listened to A Loaf of Bread episode 1 covering days 20 to 23 and the Bible in a Year podcast episodes day 24 to 27. Alright, we have already finished covering the books of Genesis and Job. And then now we start to discover what is on Exodus and Leviticus. I want to share what struck me the most on the book of Genesis, on the remaining chapters of the book of Genesis from chapter 45 to 50. A lot has happened on that, on those chapters, and what I like the most is the beautiful story that unraveled among Israel's tribe. The messy betrayal of Joseph's brother, and then the reconciliation between them. On Genesis chapter 45, Joseph revealed himself to his brother. At that time, he was the right hand of the Pharaoh. His brothers were buying foods from him because it was the time of the drought in Egypt. And then they, they've got no food, so they go to Joseph to buy stocks, buy food. During the time of reconciliation, especially when Joseph met his father again, Joseph wailed. Joseph cried so loudly that all of the people in the house of Pharaoh, even Pharaoh himself, heard Joseph crying. It left a mark in me. Why? Because, first because of the question that Father Mike 
raised on his channel. Why do we cry when something good happens? And I like how Father Mike explained it or shared on his channel that we do cry when something good happens because we know that the situation could have been the other way around. Example with the reconciliation of Israel and Joseph. They both know that Israel could have died without knowing that Joseph is alive. Joseph could have moved on with his life without knowing, without seeing his father again, without knowing Benjamin, his younger brother. The appreciation of, of that good thing that you are experiencing and knowing that it could have been the other way around, that is what makes us weep. That is what makes us cry. It's such a strong feeling of appreciation. And I like that it affirms that it is okay to cry. Whether you are as powerful as Joseph, it is okay to show your emotion, especially to our strong friends out there, to my friends who have this strong personality. It is okay to be emotional. It is okay to show emotions, to cry, to cry out loud. That is totally fine. I hope we do not have that stigma anymore that strong people, men, shouldn't cry, shouldn't show emotions at all. It's 2021, you guys, even at the times of Joseph. He cries, a strong man with power cries out of appreciation of that good thing that he was experiencing at that time. I so like that story. I liked how um, the story turned 180 degrees from messy, painful betrayal, selling Joseph out of envy, turned into something beautiful. The reconciliation between the sons of Jacob or Israel. It's never too late to reconcile with the people that, that you've been estranged with in your life. But it's not an easy process. I am not saying that you have to reconcile with them. What I say is, or what I want to share is that you can still reconcile with those people. It may take time. It may take a lot of effort. But yeah, that's possible. And if it happens, that's so amazing. You can go ahead and cry your heart out. That would be totally fine. And then another thing that happened on these remaining chapters of Genesis is that when Israel died, the brothers of Joseph got worried that Joseph may now treat them differently. They were afraid that Joseph will now lash out at them. Joseph will show them that he was really angry and that he was only treating them well because Israel was around. And when Joseph heard or when Joseph learned about this, he comforted his brothers by telling them that, and I so like what Joseph said in here, when he said that you may have done what you did out of envy or jealousy or out of a bad reason, but the Lord our God made something good out of that bad thing that happened. I am so touched with that story. 
it's amazing to know that truly God is in control. Even if something bad has happened in your life, something good may still come out of it. Even if you cause a person harm, even if you allow yourself to cause another person harm, something good may still happen out of it. This is not to encourage, of course, that we allow ourselves to wrong other person, other people, but this is to allow ourselves to be free of that guilt of a sin we committed in the past. Your sin does not define who you can become. Your sin does not define who you are. So even if you have committed something outrageous in the past, allow yourself to grow. Allow yourself to learn from it and be free of the guilt because the Lord is in control. He forgives you and He can turn things 180 degrees. He can do something good out of that. Because on the story of Joseph, if he wasn't sold by his brothers, Joseph wouldn't end up working with the Pharaoh. Joseph wouldn't end up interpreting dreams. Joseph wouldn't end up preparing for the drought. And his brothers would have died out of hunger, right? We do not know what the bigger picture is. We do not know what the Lord can do or what the Lord is planning to do. So allow yourself to grow. Be free of that guilt. That was so beautiful. And now, moving on to the remaining chapters of Job. So what happened? Job, of course, he's been complaining. He raised a lot of questions of why. Why am I suffering? I also asked those questions when I heard or when I first read the story of Job. Why is this good man being punished? Why did the Lord allow this to happen? And so on the remaining chapters of Job, the Lord answered Job. Our Lord put Job into context, not answering directly, but the Lord told Job that you do not know what the grand scheme of things is. You do not know what my plans are. You do not see the whole picture. You may be suffering now, but that's not the end game. That is not the only thing that will happen to you. I will not let you die suffering. And we all know how Job's story ended, right? He was more blessed at the later years of his life than he was during his younger years. Before Job was tested, Job was rich with family and animals and food. He has everything that a person could ask for. And during the his challenging times, he got tripped off of everything, and I mean everything. But after that one, the Lord blessed Job even more. He've got 
more children. He's got more animals under his care. He's got more people. He got even more blessed. And of course, our, our friend Job. He died blessed and happy. It's just that at his challenging times, he really questioned our Lord. It is okay to ask. It is okay to ask our Lord. I mean, that's normal. Because we do not have the wisdom that our Lord has. It's difficult to, under to understand Him, right? Or there, may, there are times wherein it's difficult to understand Him. And it's okay to ask. It is okay to ask our Lord. It's okay to question Him. That would be fine. He will answer. He will answer us in ways that we may not know, in ways that we may not um, think is possible. The Lord hears us. The Lord answers our prayer. I want you guys to remember that one. And so that's Job. That's my reflection about Job. Now I want to share what I have to say about Proverbs chapter 4 verses 20 to 27. There is one verse in particular that struck me. This is the translation from the Bible that I am using. It's the Christian Community Bible, Catholic Pastoral Edition, Revised Edition. This is the translation for Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for therein is the source of life. Above all else, guard your heart, for therein is the source of life. When I read this, I didn't think that this is the Lord's way of telling me to protect my heart from possible heartbreak. No. No. That is a, for me, that is just a shallow interpretation. This means more than that. To guard my heart because my heart is the source of life is like telling me to protect my heart from deceit from false belief, from whatever worldly standards and norms that this world that I'm living in is teaching me. This verse is reminding me to be true to my faith, to stick to my truth. This verse is telling me to never go away from the light that the Lord is providing for me. This is calling me and all of you out there listening to protect our heart. This is the heart that the Lord has provided us. We should protect our spirit. We should protect our soul. It's not just telling, I mean, it's, it does not refer to our heart specifically, like that organ that pumps blood. Not just that. This verse is telling us to guide our spirit, our soul. Do not let yourselves be corrupted. At least that's how I understand it. It's the message that I get from this verse. It's like the Lord telling me to not let myself get corrupted from everything that may damage my soul and cause me to be away from Him. 
oh I, I i wouldn't want that i do not want that so that's it now moving on to to exodus chapters one and two so we read exodus chapters one and two for day 27 um we have to understand that the yeah just like what father mike has reminded us on his podcast the time frame between the last chapter of Genesis and the first chapter of Exodus, that's hundreds of years apart. It's not a SpongeBob scene a moments later. It's not like that. This is hundreds of years apart. And what happened here is that, or the scenario this time is, the Israelites grew in number that the egyptians got afraid that they may be outnumbered the egyptians were worried there was an egyptian pharaoh who was worried and so he ordered um, midwives to kill male children at birth so first they were treating the they were treating the israelites inhumanely they were being forced to work too much without compensating them properly they were not fed properly they were being slaved it was it's not a good picture i could imagine it and ah uh, i do not like it i do not like it it was so bad they were treated so badly and all right so yes that's what happened the midwives were given an order to kill male children at birth so if the del if they deliver a baby and it's a boy they were supposed to kill it however these two midwives named shipra and pua did not follow that order they did not kill the male children at birth why that is because of their natural compassion and empathy as women and i cannot be more proud you know if you work on your compassionate empathy if you listen to your heart crying for compassionate empathy you could save lives it's totally different from the acts out of envy and jealousy did by let us say the brothers of of joseph when they acted out of their jealousy see what happened their family got broken their father weeped their father was hurt so badly thinking that his child was devoured by a beast when in fact his other children actually sold joseph because they were envious if it is not because of envy the first account of murder will not be recorded in the bible right it was it was out of envy that that happened but here these two beautiful women shipra and pua did the opposite thing they acted out of compassion out of empathy and instead of killing the children they saved them personally feel that or believe that I am an empath. It's a personality type, if I may say, wherein you just feel too much. I have experiences in the past wherein I would physically feel the 
the pain if let us say i'm in a room with a friend who is hiding an emotional baggage even if that friend will not tell me what he or she is feeling i would know i would know i will also be bothered my heart will beat fast or i will be sad in an instant even if i was so happy outside of the room once i enter it and then there's my friend hiding emotional baggage i would feel it i i do not know why but yeah um i i feel it it's a heavy feeling being an empath is both a blessing and a curse if i may say because yes you can work out of you can do things out of compassionate empathy it's always so good to help people to be able to have the chance to help people however it's tiring to feel too much especially if the other people are not ready to share and it's understandable so yes going back to shipra and pua acting out of empathy how i wish that a lot more of us will do that act on our empathy and compassion instead of doing things out of jealousy and envy also on the book of exodus that is when another friend of ours was introduced moses so moses is or moses was born and then he was put in a basket and then the basket was left in the river that was to save him it was a way to save him and then pharaoh's daughter saw the basket pharaoh's daughter saved moses let someone else take care of moses when moses grew older he was introduced as the son of pharaoh's daughter but then um moses if i may say went away right moses also acted out of empathy and compassion he did not like what he was seeing when the people were enslaved or the people were being overworked he didn't like that that's why um he went somewhere else away from the pharaoh's daughter and the pharaoh's riches he wanted a different lifestyle father mike has a lot more beautiful re reflection about exodus chapters one and two for me um it's really the compassion and empathy that um left a mark on me and then now on to leviticus i am not so familiar with the book of leviticus i do not remember any story from the book of leviticus that i know from childhood but anyways leviticus chapter one it was telling us how the people before were presenting their sacrifice and offering to the lord what i learned from this is the similarity between how they were presenting their offering before and how we are presenting our offering now during our masses mass catholic church mass i like how father mike was able to explain it and then so before what they were doing is that they were they were burning animals they kill animals burn burn the parts and then the blood was the offering right it was the blood that's the offering and i i couldn't stop thinking about what our lord jesus did 
He literally died on the cross, offered his life, his blood, everything in him for the forgiveness of our sins. And that is just, um, there's no bigger act than that. And I would want to reiterate this. I know you have probably heard this already, but please believe in this. When I say that Jesus died on that cross for everyone, that everyone means me and you and all the people around us. Even if you do not believe that the Lord died for you, for you, he died for you. That is the truth. He, he died on that cross, offered his life, his blood and flesh for the forgiveness of our sins. Before, on this chapter of Leviticus, they were offering blood. Why? Because it symbolizes the sins of the one who's offering it. So if you are a person who, who have committed a sin, you do, you offer an animal, do it the way they were doing it before, that blood will symbolize your sin after that presentation of your sacrifice, then you will be cleansed. Your sin has been forgiven when Jesus Christ allowed himself to die on that cross. There's a part of on our Mass, on the modern-day Mass, wherein the priest is offering the Eucharist. That is the same thing as when Jesus Christ died on that cross. Every time that the Eucharist is being presented, it is Jesus Christ forgiving us for our sins. It's Jesus Christ dying on the cross to forgive us from our sins. My dear listeners, thank you so much. I hope that you have learned one or two, and I do hope that we could exchange reflection you can reach me out on Instagram and then share your reflection about the Bible in a Year podcast daily episodes. I want to know where you are at your scripture journey. Send me a message. I would be glad to have a conversation with you. This has been TJ Palmiano. Daghang salamat sa inyong pagpaminaw.